can't be sort of disciplined. What that means is I'm really not, but I'd like to be. Discipline, you have to pursue with diligence. That means you have to keep your focus on the goal. There has to be an aim. And to do that, you have to pursue it diligently. Listen to this. You can't go by your feelings. I don't feel like it. You've got to just eliminate that phrase. Eliminate that phrase. There are a lot of times I don't feel like studying, or I don't feel like preparing, this, that, and that. But you know what? I have to ignore the feeling. The feeling has nothing to do with that. You just have to do it anyway. Most of the good things, the best things in life, have been achieved by people who did not feel like it. So you, can't, so you can't go about feelings. You have to pursue it diligently. Then you have to be consistent. That's why you have to have an aim that is valid, that is valuable enough to you, that you're willing to pay the price, you're willing to be consistent no matter what. And you have to ignore your feelings in order to be consistent. I'm going to read the Scriptures every morning no matter what. So if I'm going to do that before I go to work, I'm going to bed early enough so I can get up early enough to do what God wants me to do. And somebody says, well, you know what? I just don't have time. Don't tell me you don't have time. You sit up to 11 or 12 o'clock and watch TV. Then you don't have time to get up in, in the morning and, and, and talk to God. That's so foolish, and it's unacceptable in the eyes of God. Spending time with God versus spending time with all the junk on the television that's absolutely, listen, framing your mind to think a certain way when God will speak to your heart, give you strength, give you energy. Listen give you a sense of direction, give you joy in your heart, enable you to do things that you could not otherwise do apart from Him. God is so willing, listen, to do whatever is necessary to help us. Then you have to practice self-denial. Nobody likes that word, self-denial. But it's interesting what Jesus said, and He said it for a little different purpose here in the 16th chapter of Matthew, and here's what He said, 24th verse. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Now, when he said deny himself, that is, not allow self to control his or her life, but that the Spirit of God control their life. If you and I are going to live a disciplined life, we, listen, we have to deny ourselves of certain things. I may have to deny myself of something that, that I, may, I may desire, but if I know that that will interfere with my relationship to Him or interfere with what I'm supposed to do the next day, I have to decide what's most important, doing my best the next day or spending time doing thus and so, whatever that might be. So I have to practice self-denial. And most folks don't want to do that, but Jesus said, you know what? If you're going to follow Him, you have to deny yourself. And He wasn't saying necessary things, but just self. I have, to, I have to deny myself of whatever, listen, watch this, whatever wars against your soul, he says, deal with that. Then we have to learn to say no. And some people just can't do that. For example, let's say that uh, you're with your friends and they want you to do thus and so, but your spirit tells you don't do that. And so what do you do? All of a sudden you're caught in this temptation to do what they want you to do. You know it's not right. But you don't want to hurt their feelings, and so you say, okay, well, all right. What you've done, watch this carefully, you have chosen to please your friends rather than please the living God. That is not right. And so we have to learn to say no. The truth is all of us have to learn to say no to the devil, no to temptation, no to those people who would entice us to do things that we know are not right or may be good for somebody else, but it's not good for you. So we have to, we have to learn to say no. God isn't going to call us to live a godly life and then say, well, do the best you can. He knows how these things war against our soul. He knows the strength of temptation. That's why He sent the Holy Spirit. 
He sent him to enable us, listen, to say no when we need to say no. Then, last thing I'd mention here is to, listen, to allow yourself for failure. Now, watch what I mean by that. Not going to be perfect. Nobody is. So, here's what happens when we fail in a given area. We look at what we did. We ask ourselves the question, why? How can I avoid this the next time? If it's a sin of some sort, then you ask God to forgive you. And listen, watch this. Then, you refocus on what's my goal. My goal is more important than indulging in that which will keep me from reaching my goal. And so you move on. See, here's what happens to people. Say, people say, well, you know, I start reading the Bible. I was going to read through the Bible. But I, I, I missed a couple of mornings, and I got so discouraged, I just quit. Listen, Satan is always there. One of his choice tools is to discourage you. Just because you failed one morning or two mornings or a week or whatever it might be, don't let that throw you off track. Refocus on the goal and move on. And in such a fashion, you will find yourself being very disciplined. Thanks for joining us on In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. The ability to grow in the Lord in difficult times is a result of being spiritually disciplined. Assess your areas of weakness and think through what changes you need to make to bring each area of your life under the authority of Christ. To review what you heard today, click on the link to Today on Radio at InTouch.org and search our online resources to study more about living as a follower of Christ. If you'd like to order a copy of Dr. Stanley's complete message, A Life of Self-Discipline, open our online bookstore. It's also included in his teaching set, Living the Extraordinary Life. Again, log on to InTouch.org or call 1-800-IN-TOUCH. To write to us, address your letter to In Touch, Post Office Box 7900, Atlanta, Georgia, 30357. God says believers are to be holy as He is holy. It must be attainable or He wouldn't have said it. The explanation is on the way in today's Moment with Charles Stanley. Do you take sermon notes on the back of your bulletin, jot scripture references on the offering envelope? Start keeping things in one place, one organized place, with the In Touch Note Takers Journal. This leather soft journal contains 150 pages for taking notes and includes Dr. Stanley's 30 life principles. Find everything in one convenient place with the In Touch Note Takers Journal. Call toll free 1 800 In Touch or visit intouch.org. The Christian life is an exciting journey with great joys and challenges. We don't always know the right questions to ask or the best way to approach Scripture in search of answers. Dr. Stanley's Handbook for Christian Living is an easy-to-use help system that will bring Scripture to life so you can see God moving powerfully in your life. To order, call 1-800-IN-TOUCH or go to intouch.org slash store. You're listening to In Touch. Does holiness seem like too tall in order to be realistic? With Insight for Believers, here's a moment with Charles Stanley. Look, if you will, in uh, 1 Peter for a moment. And I want you to notice uh, what he says in this 14th verse of 1 Peter. He says, as obedient children, watch this, do not be conformed to the former lust which were yours in your ignorance. That is, don't let the world pour you into the mold you used to be in before you became a Christian when you were living in ignorance. 
but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior, because it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Somebody says, well, I can't be holy. Let's define what that means. To live a holy life does not mean that you live a sinless life. It means that our heart is bent toward God. It is our desire to walk obediently before Him. We desire to please Him. We, we make decisions to please Him. But there will be times in our life when we falter, moments of weakness. But we don't just give up and stop and stay there. And so a holy life is a life bent toward God, committed to Him, exercised in that direction, and a life, listen, that is in the process of bringing every desire under control by the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us in order that you and I may live a godly life and be pleasing to Him. You can learn more about yielding your life to Jesus Christ at intouch.org. And if the gospel has changed your life, and if this program has been part of your story, please let us know. Tomorrow on In Touch, the benefits of living an extraordinary life are not merely personal. Tomorrow, we'll see how exceptional Christian living is naturally other-centered. Our series continues Wednesday on In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. This program is a presentation of In Touch Ministries, Atlanta, Georgia, and remains on this station through the grace of God and your faithful prayers and gifts. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. In 2023, the Biden administration doubled down on its commitment to radical gender ideology. Federal agencies proposed a slew of regulations pushing the Biden administration's extreme pro-LGBT agenda in education, employment, and health care at the expense of children's interests and women's rights. That's a quote about an agenda that Rachel Morrison suggests in a recent article over at The Federalist will be back in 2024. She then identified five priorities that we should expect to see from the Biden administration this year. For example, plans are already in the works within the Department of Education to continue to impose gender ideology on school sports. Women and girls could be forced to compete with and against men and boys who identify as female. This will inevitably lead to a reduction in opportunities for females and competing for championships and vying for college scholarships. It also leaves females vulnerable to injury and to violations of their privacy. Also, Morrison predicts we should expect the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission to expand a policy that effectively erases women from one of the most distinctively womanly things imaginable, the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act. In addition to avoiding using the term woman to describe those who get pregnant, the EEOC, quote, went so far as to use the plural pronouns they and their multiple times when referring to a singular employee who was pregnant, had a cesarean section, or experienced childbirth, end quote. And two other initiatives will hit closer to home for more people. First, the federal government will likely continue its attempts to ban non-affirming potential parents from adoption and from fostering, even calling such parents abusive. And second, the EEOC, the Department of Health and Human Services, and the State Department have all joined forces to enforce compliance on using preferred pronouns and opening bathrooms to people of the opposite sex within their departments. These rules will also carry weight for businesses and schools who are eager to stay on the good side of federal power. Though this goes under the guise of things like gender equality and following the science, it takes the form of erasing and debasing women, denying women, especially school-age girls, opportunities, and compromising their safety and their privacy. 
This, all for the sake of an ideology that's as new and as fickle as teen fashion. Christians of all people should have the moral clarity to navigate such confusing ideas and strong-arm techniques. Today, the Colson Center is pleased to announce the launch of The Identity Project, the single most comprehensive library available of on-demand videos and resources that address the issues of identity, humanness, sexuality, male and female, available, all from a Judeo-Christian worldview. The Identity Project was produced in collaboration with pastors and psychologists, sociologists, doctors, parents, and experts from partner organizations like the Alliance Defending Freedom and the Heritage Foundation. The Identity Project features teaching videos of various links that can be used in virtually every teaching context, in homes and churches and schools and with friends. In addition to countering the cultural lies about sex and identity, there are videos here to resource parents and teachers and leaders to help students embrace their identity as male and female, to navigate the challenges like exposure to pornography, and to accept God's design for their bodies and for sexual morality, not to mention to help them deal with their friends who often think and live differently. To learn more, go to IdentityProject.tv. That's IdentityProject.tv. Breakpoint listeners can receive a special discount using the code BREAKPOINT at checkout. Again, that's IdentityProject.tv. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. Today's Breakpoint was co-authored by Dr. Timothy Padgett. For more resources, visit us at Breakpoint.org. One of the most traumatic things you can experience is a broken relationship. It might be your marriage, or between you and a child, or between an old friend. There's one broken relationship, though, we've all suffered. Our relationship with God. The reason, says Billy Graham, is sin. Individual man is born in sin and alienated from God. He needs to be converted. He needs to be forgiven of his sins. He needs to be reconciled to God. But God won't force this reconciliation on you. However, the Bible does teach that individuals can repent of their sins and receive Jesus Christ as Savior. They can be born again. God's purposes are in the person of Jesus Christ. His purposes are to reconcile men to himself. Discover how you can be reconciled, reconnected to God through a relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. Go to findpeacewithgod.net, findpeacewithgod.net. From the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association.